Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our brand new series called Yes and Amen, where Pastor Nick talks about how to access the promises that are available in Christ. We're excited to see God's promises be fulfilled this year, and we want to invite you to join us in-house on Sundays at 11 a.m. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel to keep up with Sunday's messages every week. We love you, and now let's go into today's message. Started a praise series. Any praisers in the house? Whoop, whoop. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said that month of February would be a month of praise. And that we needed to give God praise in advance for all the things that are going to break through this year. And we're going to see God do suddenlies. Look at somebody and say, this is a year of the suddenlies of God. And you're going to see God suddenly show up. And do things in your life. And so that's what the month of February is. And it looks like February is over, right? This is it. We're stepping into March. But uh, this month, God is giving us a garment of praise. He's pouring out the oil of joy. And praise is a spiritual weapon. Say, praise is my weapon. And we're going to teach you how to use it. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, We enter into His gates with thanksgiving. But we go into his courts with praise. So there's, there's a process to come into the presence of God. There's protocol to come into the presence of the king. And God is looking for us firstly to be thankful. And then secondly, from thanksgiving, we'll begin to praise. Thanksgiving is about what God has done. And we thank God in advance for what he will do. But praise is not about what God has done. Praise is about who God is. We praise Him for who He is. He's faithful. He's holy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a provider. He's everything that you need Him to be. And so we praise Him for who He is. Look at someone and say, we thank God for what He's done, but we praise Him for who He is. In the first week, just as just a quick recap, we spoke about seven Hebrew words that make up the one English word praise. And I'll go through them quickly. The word zamar means to praise Him on the instruments. Shabbat is to praise Him with a shout. Praise Him with your hands lifted is yada. Praise Him in the song and music is tehillah. Praise Him by kneeling down is barak. The sacrifice of praise is tauda. And then praise Him in the dance, give Him high praise, is Hallel, which is the root word to hallelujah. And so we have one English word, praise the Lord. But when you read the Bible, you see clapping, shouting, instruments, dancing, harps, tambourines, kneeling, lifting your hands. These are all different ways to praise God. We only have one English word, and we call it praise. But the Hebrew language breaks it down a little bit further. And so I want you to know that when you're clapping your hands, you're doing it right. Look at the person next to you say, clap your hands, all ye people, praise the Lord. You can give him a, a, a clap praise. Let me hear a little clap praise. We've got some clap praise. That's right. Woo! Now a shout of praise. Yeah! That's See? That's your praise. That's in unity. And there's power when we praise the Lord in unity. 
And what we cannot have is people sitting there watching other people praise. You need to jump in. Look, this is a party. I don't know if you know this. It's a Holy Ghost party. And the Holy Ghost party don't stop. And there's wine at the party. Say wine. It's new wine. It's not the old wine. It's new wine. It is the presence of God. You can get drunk on the presence of God. I have been drunk many times on the presence of God. It's totally different than being drunk on a bottle of melon vodka. That's fake stuff. Look at somebody and tell them there's fake stuff. And um, <laughs> so in week two, I spoke about all the fake stuff, right? I told you that painkillers are used to numb emotional pain, but God can heal your heart. You can smoke weed to feel peace, but the peace of God is way better than that. You can drink alcohol to get joy, but there's the wine of the Spirit. You can take ecstasy to experience love, but the love of God is pure ecstasy. You can drop acid to see visions, more like hallucinations, but God wants to give you real vision for your life. Can I get an amen? And then there's people who snort cocaine to feel important, but when you know your identity in Christ, you don't need that junk anymore. Can I get an amen? And so the enemy has got natural things to mimic what's really available in the presence of God. And people get trapped in that world because they don't know how to deal with the stuff that they've been facing in their life. And you get sucked right into that. But God has got something pure, and He wants to set you free so that you don't need any of that junk. Can you say amen? And I only talk about it because I used to live in that world, and I know the difference. I know the difference because I've tried both. So I'm telling you what I know. And I'm telling you, on the other side, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. There's peace. There's provision. There's health. There's strength. There's peace of mind. Oh, on the inside of you, you're alive. You know you have purpose. You know why you're here. You're not confused. You're not waking up in the morning dreading the day. But you wake up with vision and excitement because you know God's got stuff for you to do. Can you say amen? And that's how we live. We live filled with faith and vision. Last week, I started talking about who God is. It's very hard to praise a God you don't know. Especially when you first come to the altar and say, okay, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I don't know what this means, but I'm crying and I feel like I need it. Right? And that's just the beginning of the journey. You know, when you get married, you're not a pro at marriage. Can I get an Amen. You're only beginning to discover what marriage is all about. And then 15, 20 years later, you're in such unity, you're like perfectly matched. But there was a lot of sandpaper to get you smooth like that. Any married couples? Married more than five years. Do I have any 10-year married couples up in the house? How many years, Val? Almost, you almost said five. You, five is the breaking point. If you make five, apparently that's epic. From there, it's all downhill, you know. And so, here's a couple of the names of God that we, that we shared. Are you laughing, Siobhan? Is that funny? So, Elohim is the Hebrew word for God the Creator. Yahweh is the word for the Lord Almighty. 
Abba, like Misty was talking about, Abba is my father. Okay, Jehovah Jireh is the Lord, your provider. Jehovah Rapha is the Lord that heals your broken heart and binds up your wounds. He heals, he repairs, he rejuvenates, and he makes you whole. Jehovah Nissi is the Lord, your banner. He's the hand of protection over you. Jehovah Shalom is the God of peace. Then we also found out that God is a jealous God and His love, He's jealous for you. His love is a fire of protection to keep the enemy away from you. Uh, we had El Roy, which is um, the God who sees you and the God who hears you. El Shaddai is the overpowerer. That means that God is all-powerful. He's the all-sufficient one. And everything that you need, He can provide. And El Elyon is the Lord Most High. There's none higher than Him. Look at somebody and say, there's no high like the Most High. And so... Uh, we also shared a story uh, about King Jehoshaphat that he had three nations join together and come against him. There was a vast army too big for him to take, take down. Their whole nation would have been destroyed. And the nation got together before the presence of the Lord and they began to seek the Lord. They fasted and they prayed. And one of the prophets stood up. The anointing came upon him and told him that they would have victory in the battle, that they didn't even need to fight, that the Lord would fight for them. And because they believed the word of the Lord through the mouth of the prophet, they went out to the battlefield, but they put the praisers up front because they'd already won. And the minute that the praise team began to praise the Lord with trumpets and shouting and singing, the army went into confusion and the three armies turned on one another. And when they arrived on the battlefield, the armies were completely destroyed. All they had to do was spend three days to pick up all the provision. Look at somebody and tell them, your praise is powerful. It confuses the enemy. It brings destruction to the enemy's camp. And everything the enemy's been holding back from you will be released to you, so you will have the provision. Can you say amen? Let me say this too. The old covenant, they fought physical battles. In the new covenant, we fight a spiritual internal battle. It's in your mind. It's your perception. It's how you see life. And when stuff comes against you, it's hard because you want to fight in the flesh. But he said it's not a flesh and, and blood battle. It's a, it's a spiritual battle. And what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants to overwhelm you. He, he uses three things. Number one, God makes you a promise, right? I'm believing God I'm going to be healed. I'm believing God I'm going to have this. I'm believing God. And so you're trusting the Lord for what, what you're needing the breakthrough in. And you're praising God for who He is. But in the midst of you walking through to experience the breakthrough and God showing up on the scene, you have this enemy in your face shouting at you every single day. You feel the pain in your body. You see there's no money in the bank account. Your car is falling apart. You need a job. There's a struggle in your marriage. So as you're working through these things, you've got an enemy that's in your face wanting to pull you down and tell you you're never going to break through. And life is full of challenges. We'll always have challenge. In every stage, in every season of growth, there's another giant you've got to fight. The bigger the reward, the bigger the giant. And in every test, you can have a testimony if God is in the middle of that battle. But if you're going to fight that battle in your own strength, it's going to be a struggle. And so the enemy comes. First thing he wants to do is he wants to block you. He's big and ugly. He wants to get in your face. He wants to get in your way. Talk to Goliath about it. 
coming out every single day, shouting at the army of Israel, cursing them, cursing their God, belittling them, shaming them. And that's what, that's what the enemy does. He's got a big mouth, and he wants to come out and shout at you. He wants to intimidate you, wants to make you think you're never going to overcome this battle. And in your mind, you're hearing the voice of the enemy telling you, you will not overcome. You will not make it through. You're not going to see the light of day. This thing's going to take you down. Your marriage is going to fall apart. Your kids will never come to God. They will die on drugs. You'll never have a vacation. Life is hard. Life is terrible. That's the kind of stuff that plays on the inside of you. And if you, if you don't know how to fight that voice, if you don't know how to look at the circumstances and say, I'm above you. I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms with all things under my feet. If you don't know your position and you allow that voice to get on the inside of you and take you down, you will be defeated until God gets on the inside of you and you rise up and you begin to praise God, you'll break through. There's power in your praise to break through the stuff of life that's trying to weigh you down. And so what do we do? We go to the clubs, we go to the bars, we go to house parties, and we drink, and we clap, and we dance, and we play the Macarena. Hey, Macarena. Hi. And we do the cha-cha slide, and we jump one time, we stomp to the left, we stomp to the right. But you're using the weapon of praise in the wrong direction. It needs to be directed towards God so that the power of praise can break you through whatever it is that's coming against you. So the enemy's going to block you. He wants to get in your way. He wants to hinder you. He wants to block you. But then he wants to put his hands around your neck. He wants to begin to choke you so that you can't say anything. He wants to silence your mouth because your mouth is a weapon. So he's going to get in the way to block you from seeing the promise. He wants to intimidate you. Then he wants to put his hands on your neck to get you to shut your mouth. Because he knows that if you will use the trumpet and the mouth and you will give God a shout of praise, it'll take him out. So he wants to silence your mouth where all you do is now sit in this weight of heaviness. And you can't speak. All you can do now is wallow in the problem and the struggle. And then the third thing he wants to do is he wants to suffocate you. He wants to get all the air out of your lungs so you cannot breathe. There's no life longer in you, and he knocks you out. And if all you will do is just get a little Jesus thankfulness on the inside of your heart, and you will muster up the courage to begin to praise God and cry out to God, God will show up on the scene. That's what praise does. Praise invade, in, invokes God to show up in your circumstances. And when Jesus is with you in your boat, you can overcome any storm that you're facing. And so the word of the Lord to us this year comes from 2 Chronicles 6.15, which says, You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father, Solomon speaking. He said, You made that promise with your own mouth, and with your own hands you have fulfilled it today. And the Lord said to me, you have obeyed and you've done as I've asked you to do. And you've been obedient to the leading of my spirit. So now you will enter into a year of suddenlies and suddenly you will begin to see things I promised with my mouth, birth and break forth in your life. And I will surely keep my word, says the Lord. This is going to be a year of suddenly you're going to be saved, healed, delivered, whole, protected. Some of you are going to get married. 
promoted, debt-free. This will be a year where you experience the fire of God, the presence of God, the glory of God, the joy of the Lord, strength from the Lord. You're going to get breakthroughs this year because you're going to understand the power in your praise. And in the battle, you're not going to be silent. You're going to praise God. Can you say amen? Havana and the team, they were out on the battlefield yesterday. Going into the parking lot, trying to tell people about Jesus, how much God loves them. And they were feeling discouraged because everyone was pushing them aside and rejecting him. So what did they do? They had a praise party. That's what they did. When you have a praise party, it encourages you. It strengthens you. I'm just going to recap these stories because I don't have time to read all of them. In Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34... Paul and Silas, they go on a mission trip. They come into a city, and when they get into the city, there's this, this girl that's following them, and she, um, she was a slave. She, she was owned by some people, but she was possessed by a spirit of divination. A spirit of div- divination, it claims to foretell the future. It claims that it can tell you what's to come. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, if you go to a fortune teller, if you go to a psychic or a medium, you are going to the wrong source. They're possessed by a familiar spirit, not the Holy Spirit. They can tell you what the devil did to you because they know what the devil did to you, but they cannot tell you your future. It's only the spirit of prophecy that's pure in the presence, that can confirm things in your heart. Look at the person next to you and tell them, you don't run to prophets. You run to the Holy Ghost. A lot of people jump. If you don't go to the fortune teller, then you've got to go to the prophet. So I've got to go to this conference. I've got to go to that conference. I've got to that conference. I've got to go to the prophet to see what's in my future. But you've got the Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit has been given to you to show you things to come. You need somebody to confirm it, but you don't need to, nobody can tell you your future. God Himself wants to tell you what you have in your future. And if you'll go to the Lord and you'll say, Lord, show me the future, show me what you have for me, God will begin to give you glimpses, He'll give you vision, and He'll show you. There'll be flashes of lightning, and you'll see glimpses of things to come. Some of the stuff that's in your future is already in your heart. And the way that it comes out of your heart into reality is when you fully surrender your life to God. A lot of people are waiting on God to see things that they have manifest. But God's waiting on you to surrender your life so He can put those things in your hand. I'll tell you the story. I I used to live in Africa. It was 24 years ago or so. My dream was America. I had a plane ticket. I had a visa. I had everything ready to come. But I was coming with the wrong people at the wrong time, planning to do the wrong thing. And God shut the door. I, I, even though I had a plane ticket and I had a visa, the money didn't come through that I was expecting. And so I couldn't come. When I fully surrendered my life to God... And it took a mighty crash before I looked up and said, okay, I screwed my life up, God. If you want to do anything with me, here I am. And when I cried out to him, it began the process of hearing his voice and following him and fully surrendering to seek him. 
And then what happened? The doors opened, and I came the way God wanted me to come, according to His plan, not my plan. And many times we try to help God bring the plan to pass, and all God is saying, seek first my kingdom, and I'll add all these things unto you. But we don't trust the Lord. We trust ourselves, and it's futile. It doesn't go anywhere. And so anyway, I was talking about the spirit of divination and got lost. So Paul and Silas, they're ministering, and they got so sick of this woman because she kept saying, these are the men of God, and they will show you the way. And he, he, he got irritated, frustrated. He turns to the girl, rebukes the evil spirit on the inside of her. She gets delivered from this thing. Now her bosses can't make money from her anymore. And so they bring him before uh, the Romans through the court there, and they judge him, they beat them, then make him go and put him in the prison, in the inner dungeon, lock the cells, put him in stocks. You've been beaten, you've been locked up for preaching the gospel, and these guys are stuck. In the midnight hour, they decide they're going to start singing praises to God. And as Paul and Silas began to sing praises to God, bound in a dark dungeon, locked up, Suddenly, look at the person next to you and say suddenly. The earth began to shake with a mighty earthquake. And the prison doors flung open. And the chains that were holding him and the shackles that were binding him came loose. And they were set free. Not only did their prison doors open and their shackles come free, but everyone that was in the prison got set free. Look at the person next to you and tell him your praise is earth shaking prison breaking. And when you begin to praise God, the things that are hindering you and holding you back and telling you you're going to stay captive begin to break off your life and you can move forward again. And then finally, the walls of Jericho. It's a great story. I encourage you to read them. Go read Acts chapter 16, 16 through 34. That's the story of Paul and Silas. And then go to the book of Joshua chapter 6 and you can read the story about the walls of Jericho. So Joshua, he was a servant to Moses. Moses died. And so the Lord says to Joshua, I'm going I'm to raise you up now. You're going to lead my people of Israel. And so Moses delivered Israel, God's people, out of Egypt, brought them into the wilderness. But because they disobeyed God, they were murmuring and complaining. They stayed in the wilderness for 40 years until the previous generation died off. And everybody under 20, as they raised up, they were the ones that went into the promised land. And here's the problem. When you live under sin and death and you live in slavery, you have a slavery mindset. And even though they were set free from their captivity in Egypt, they still couldn't get that thinking out of them. And it actually took another generation that grew up in the presence. They saw the pillar of fire by night. They saw the cloud by day. They saw manna on the ground every day. They saw the quail come at night. They saw water come from the rock. They saw that their clothing never wore out, that they never got sick. They were under the covering, the protection of God who fully provided for them. They were a generation that went in and took the promised land because they had a different mindset. And I want you to know we're trying to break you out of a mindset of your time under the law of sin and death. And we want to bring you to a place of freedom in Christ where you can have a relationship with God, hear the voice of God, and follow God. 
Next month, we're starting a series, Hearing the Voice of God. And the things that the Lord is going to speak to you next month, before the end of the year, God is going to fulfill those things He's spoken to you. So you need to come ready next month to hear what God has got to say to you. Can you say amen? Let me tell you some more about this. So Joshua is supposed to go into Canaan and take the promised land, but they were in the wilderness still. What was really interesting was Joshua tells the priests, he tells the people, prepare yourself, get ready for tomorrow we're crossing over. There was a river that was blocking them from the wilderness into their promised land. And so what happened was the priests carrying the ark of God, which had the presence of God, as they stepped into the river, the river split open. It actually stopped flowing. It backed up all the way to a town called Adam. I tell you, when you step into your promised land, everything about your life in your old life, your sin life, ends. You're no longer looking backwards. You're only looking forwards. And I know a lot of people, they struggle because they're stuck in the rearview mirror. They can't see forward because they keep being reminded of what happened when they were 12 and what happened when they were 16 and what happened when they were 20. But God wants to shut that down. And the only thing you see is forward. What's great, too, is it was the presence of God that led them. And you know where the presence of God led them? Into battle. Look at the person next to you and tell him when God's presence leads you, He's going to lead you into some battles. Because there's an enemy holding some things. And you've got to overcome that enemy in order to get what belongs to you. The Holy Ghost knows how to fight. He's a jiu-jitsu master. He knows Kung Pao. He knows the drunken dragon. He knows the flying cobra. He knows it all. He knows every style, and he knows how to take the enemy out. He is the inventor of every fighting style that exists. And you know what? The Holy Ghost led them into battle. They went to the walls of Jericho, which was the stronghold that broke them open into the rest of the the promised land. And so God is going to take you to some giants to fight them. And the giants that you have are debt. He He wants to take debt out of your life, and He wants to bring you into overflow. He wants you to own it where you don't rely on a financial institution where you have to pay your monthly dues. And if you don't pay your monthly dues, then they take your house away. It's fine to start out there, but I want to be free. Can you say amen? It's a stepping stone, but we need to break through. I don't want to leave 30 years of debt to my kids. I want them to have homes debt-free. Can you say amen? I want them to have cars debt-free. I want them to have businesses that produce wealth. Want to help them discover who they are and how to produce the wealth for their lives. You need to get rid of sickness in your body. You go to that pill cabinet every morning and you have to take pills because the doctor told you if you don't take these pills, you're going to die. I know people on seven, eight medications, ten pills. Pharmaceutical industry is making buku money off you. And the one pill causes another problem. Now they have to give you another pill to fix that problem, which causes another problem. When I came to America and I started watching TV, 
Do you know that the pharmaceutical industry plays medical ads all day long? It's like when you walk into every store now, they're telling you, you have to get your flu shot. You have to get your COVID shot. It's like played over and over and over and over. Everywhere you go to conform you. I survived COVID twice. Do I have any survivors? Was it horrible? Yes. Was it terrible? Nothing worse. Did I survive? Yes. But I'm not going to live off boosters. If I don't get the next one for the moronic and the Megatron, there's always going to be another thing they want to sell you. They're, a sale, they're in sales. They make money. So they've got to keep having products. Can you say amen? And if you're going to live in fear, you're going to keep buying their product. I had a Jewish lady come to me one time, and she tried to sell me an alarm system. And she used fear as a tactic. She, the first thing she did was she opened the crime report for the area of Fort Pierce. This was her tactic to sell me an alarm system. I don't operate by fear, lady. So she's, she's telling me all the crime, and I'm laughing. I'm thinking this is hysterical. Even though it's bad, I'm laughing at her sales tactic, trying to sell me an alarm system, trying to put fear on me that if I don't border up with the, 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 the radar light and the thingy mabobjiki, then people are going to break into my building and they're going to steal everything that we have. I have giant angels that will manifest and scare the living daylights out of anybody that tries to come on this property and destroy it. This is God's property, not mine. And he'll beat you. The owl will fly out of the tree. And they will think it's Batman. And so they got to the walls of Jericho. I don't know where we went, but anyway. The walls of Jericho. Do you know that these walls were so high, they, they couldn't penetrate these walls? And the Lord told him, walk around. That's all. He gave him instructions. Walk around. Don't say nothing. Day two, walk around. Don't say nothing. Day three. Day seven, they walk around seven times. And God says, shout. I want you to know your shout that comes from the heart unto God. Your Shabbach shout is barrier breaking. It'll take any wall down that's in your way. Can you say amen? amen? And so I want you to know your praise is earth-shaking, barrier-breaking, shackle-smashing. And anytime the enemy tries to overwhelm you with fear and problems and you're never going to make it, it's your praise that's going to break you through. It is a weapon that brings God's presence onto the scene and gives you breakthrough. You see, because you cannot make clear decisions when you're in fear. You can only make a clear decision when your heart is at peace. And so what happens is you go fire to fire because you're making decisions on the wrong foundation. And the enemy wants to take your heart captive. And he wants to be static noise so you can never hear God. He wants to block you from seeing God, being in the presence of God, and stop you from breaking through into the promise. 
Can you say amen? I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got 